This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. Hello, this is World Changing Ideas, and I'm Amelia Hempel. Climate change isn't going away, so we have to find ways to adapt. Last week, we took a look at some of the ways that cities, businesses and NGOs are trying to combat extreme heat and rising temperatures. Extreme heat is a growing threat to people and communities all over the world. So it's all very well looking at macro solutions. But what can we as individuals do? Well, we've rounded up our world-changing ideas reporters to pitch their favorite heat-reducing ideas in kind of a shark tank, dragon's den, who's going to stay in the balloon type showdown. So which one is your favorite? And can any of them have a real world impact? Let's take a listen. Right. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us on the pitch battle. We've got one to two minutes to pitch your best idea. We've got Avery, Taleb, Blake and Josh. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hi there. I'm Avery. I am a podcast producer here at Fast Company and I also produce World Changing Ideas. Hey, everyone. Great to be back. Um, this is Taleb. I work for the Impact Desk at Fast Company. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Blake. I am a associate producer for Fast Company. And I'm Josh. I'm executive producer of podcasts at Fast Company. Okay, great. So we've got the ground rules. Each person will have maybe one to two minutes to pitch a product or an idea that is designed to cool things down. We're looking for innovative approaches. So no AC units, please. So we want to hear how it works, who made it, maybe give us a bit of background on why you chose it. Anything surprising too, love a bit of that. And um, I'll be keeping time, so don't overrun. And after we pitch, then we'll have time for some questions. Then we're going to vote and uh, see who wins this. Oh man, I was going to pitch an AC unit, so I need to <laughs> think of something new on the fly. <laughs> nice try. Okay, so one to two minutes. But, uh, you know, feel free to, to freestyle. So, Avery, why don't you kick it off? Don't tell me that because then it might be 10 minutes later. Okay, <laughs> great. So I was curious about curtains because I have blackout curtains in my apartment and was wondering how effective those could be when you add in a thermal element. So I did a little bit of research and I found that one of the outstanding companies that makes these blackout thermal curtains is called Best Home Fashion. So I reached out to them and... Basically, they're made out of polyester and the heavier, the better. So it's this heavyweight polyester that's triple woven and has this acrylic foam coated lining. It ensures maximum benefit of both thermal insulation and blackout effect. But basically what happens, what contains the heat or contains the cool in both winter and summer is that it acts like a barrier. I mean, that's like the simple kind of, if you want to call it like the scientific effect, it's just a barrier, but it does come down to the materials that it's made out of. So according to energy.gov, windows are responsible for approximately 25 to 30% of your home's heating and cooling costs. So these can be really, really effective. Also, according to the US Department of Energy, if you get thermal lining curtains with a plastic backing that reduces your heat gains by 33%. So it can be cost effective too. And if you're looking to buy one of these, at least from best home fashion, 
it's about $50 depending on the fabric. You can get linen or faux linen. So like it's a difference of a couple of dollars. But there's also this thing called R value, which is a measurement of thermal resistance between the indoor and outdoor spaces. And it shows the level of protection against the transfer of heat between two spaces, between outdoors and indoors. So the higher the value, the better the insulation, just in case you're interested. And the most important factor aside from that is the fabric type and the layers. Uh, oh, and then in summer, be sure to choose a curtain with a white backing. So I'd say like the most surprising tidbit that I found out through all this is that I thought blackout curtains had to be, well, black. I thought they had to be dark, but it turns out they can be lighter colors, like light blue or you know tan or something. So that was surprising. I was wowed. What do they look like? Are they, I mean, I'm just, I, this is a cynical take. I think the biggest, if we're talking about scalability of these ideas are like, are they fashionable? Are, but is it fashion? Yeah. Would I buy it? It's best <laughs> home I'm fashion, asking. Josh. Fashion is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> they actually do look fashionable. I mean, we're in audio format, so I can't really show the audience, but I can show all of you naysayers out there that they do look quite fashionable. They can be kind of lighter colors and whatever. And I don't know. Could you I get mean, them printed in your own fabric to match your house? I'm sure. Mm. Customize it a little bit. Like a family portrait. <laughs> <laughs> Are they made of some, you know, environmentally damaging material? Are they a bit plasticky? Well, okay. So there is the polyester aspect of this. And right. yeah, polyester is kind of known to not be the best, most sustainable material around. So I would rather go with curtains that are cotton or something a little bit more sustainable. Yeah. Do you think it reduces how much AC or heating you're going to use with these curtains? So I, like I said, I don't have the blackout curtains in this room, but I do in my bedroom. And for some reason, my electricity bill last month was astronomically higher than it should have been, especially because I was away for a week. So I don't know. But also they're not thermal. So I can't really speak to the thermal ones. But those stats that I provided do seem to show that there is some heat reduction. Yeah. In theory, I mean, this is always something when you talk about like windows or anything that are better insulated around there. In theory, less co cold air should get out and less hot air should get in and vice versa in the winter. So in theory, it should cut down on electricity costs or cooling or heating costs as you're not losing as much heat or gaining as much colder heat from the outside. Sounds like a good one. Okay, so Avery's curtains, everyone think about it. Is it going to be a yes or a no from you? Let's move on to Talib. What are you pitching? My pitch today is a company called Arctic Cool, and they manufacture clothes, usually for fitness, so t-shirts and, and polos, that essentially they allow sweat to evaporate much more quickly, uh, and so you feel very cool in them. So their motto is, uh, the more you sweat, the cooler it gets, which already feels kind of nice. Arctic Cool and are not by any means the only company that do this. Adidas and Nike have their own versions of this. It's really down to the fabric and, and how the fabric works. So I'm about to dive into a physics lesson for everyone here. Yikes. <laughs> Go ahead, Professor Visron. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. So what the fabric does is it wicks moisture from the skin. And, and wicks, I had to look this up because, you know, wicks to me means like swat away, but that's not actually what it means. So what wicks means is using capillary action to draw liquid out of a material. So capillaries are like these thin tubes. Think of a tree or a plant, and there's, there's tiny little capillaries in them that draw water up the tree or a plant. You can even think of a candle that draws 
wax up to the light to fuel the flame, right? In these t-shirts, there's tiny little capillaries. They draw your, your sweat up into the clothing and then the water disperses very quickly throughout the surface so that it can evaporate quickly. So cotton, for example, absorbs 7% of its weight in water. And you, you know that if you're wearing cotton and you're working out, it's clammy, it's heavy, right? But with this, it evaporates very quickly, so you're staying cool and staying dry. You know, downside similar to Avery is that um, this is a synthetic fabric, right? It's, it's treated with a polymer which if you listened last season, you know, is a long chain of molecules, <laughs> but it's, essenti it's essentially a plastic. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a quiz. <laughs> Where's Pac-Man? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Essentially, it's a polyester, it's a plastic, but it only absorbs about 0.4% of its weight in water compared to 7% with cotton. So I guess the other con is they're a little bit pricier, right? The tees start at about $35, the polos at about $55. That's the price you pay for the after-shower effect. <laughs> like as a dry after-shower effect, or like you're still kind That's of like true. I guess they mean you know, it's it's kind of cooling. You know, when you when you f first turn the shower off and you get that really cool feeling. Do you feel like you would want to have that feeling walking around <laughs> with those clothes on? I think everyone's taking this way too much at face value. I think the idea is it's not <laughs> not that you're wet, but it's you know that that gotta sell this, Dalib. <laughs> that kind of really chilly effect you know on a nice summer day if you're having a shower and as soon as you turn it off and it's you get that like blast of of wind chill oh. i would demonstrate but <laughs> i just need to take a quick aside for a second and say that i didn't actually realize that that was how candles work that the wick draws up the wax into the yeah, flame yeah we're learning something new every day no yeah. idea yeah, that's how candles actually work oh i thought you were just demonstrating an idea like hypothetically if a candle but that's actually how it works no i think that's and that's why they call it a candle wick as well oh, but that's, that's <laughs> mind-blowing <laughs> yeah <laughs> my biggest problem is like i i, I mean and I haven't tried this brand directly, but like I've tried other like workout clothes. It never seems to like move the needle for me in terms of, and maybe I'm just overly hot and sweaty. Maybe that's just a me problem. Maybe for other people, this is really effective and, and regulates their heat in a decent way, but it's just, it's never really worked for me. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And, and, and I wonder if it has other uses other than fitness. Like I wonder if you slept in one of these t-shirts, right? Ooh. You're, 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 you're sweating a yeah. little bit, but not as much as working out. I wonder if that would also help you feel cool at night. That's a good mm. point. Also, if it's trapping your sweat, do you then end up smelling yeah. a bit gross or no? Well, there's apparently there's also anti-sweat technology, which I haven't gone into. We don't. That's for a lesson two, <laughs> a physics lesson two. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a completely different thing. But sweating is a body's anti natural uh, odor. I should say. Oh, anti-odor. Anti oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. Just, wow. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to buy deodorant that's anti-perspirant. You're supposed to let that fly free. Huh. Is this going to be bad for the dolphins, you know, with the microplastics in mm -hmm. washing machines when I wash this T-shirt? Yeah, I, I think that is a major downside. You know, as we know, uh, you know, there's been research that, you know, every time, like you said, you wash clothing or, or even kind of in, in the atmosphere, you, you know, the plastics are kind of... I would say wicking, but coming, you know, just flying off of your clothing and, and ending up in the atmosphere. And, and like you said, you know, kind of in, in water and it's, yeah, it is bad for the environment. <laughs> is it hot? How long does it take to make it? Can they mass produce it just in a regular factory or no? 
I'm guessing at this point, like I said, it's a technology that's pretty much out there with, you know, all the big guns, like I said, Adidas and Nike are, are doing it. So I, I assume it's it's kind of mass manufactured at this point. Mm. That would also be my thing. What what does this company have to make it stand out over the bigger brands? I feel like lowering the price point would definitely help it out. It not being 35, making it maybe 20 25 maybe would help it stand out over like the top brands that everyone's going to go after like the nikes and the adidas and the under armors of the world i guess that what stands out is it's their niche it's 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 their bread and butter kind of thing whereas for the big athletic brands it's it's just one of the many things that they do yeah and maybe the price point is is linked to kind of how expensive the polymer is rather than cotton okay Nice. Okay, so Taleb with the Arctic cooling clothes. Blake, what have you got for us? I have window films, and I checked out a company called Johnson's Window Films. They make a thin laminate film that can be installed to the interior or the exterior windows of any house. Given that like windows occupy maybe 15 to 20% of a surface of walls, that's a lot of heat that can enter into a room. Window films can provide up to 82% in solar energy rejection versus like untreated glass where you don't have anything on there at all. So that helps to cool down the home, that helps to not plug in that nasty AC that we're all talking about. So I watched a video on the Johnson Window Films YouTube company website. People were taking sledgehammers and smashing it up against the glass, but then they had the the window film around it and the glass did not come through. So it was like a net. So it was able to just catch it all and nothing came through it. So I'm going to call, I'm going to call some (laughs) BS on that. If I took a sledgehammer with a window film on it, I think that's going right through. I mean, I saw the video, Josh. I didn't believe it neither. So that's why I said I was surprised, you know. Fake news, fake news going on. I see how it is. It also, um, practical things. We're talking about cars. You can install window films in cars and that will reduce your gas mileage. Think about a mobile home. It can be used in a lot of different ways. The cost, because I know someone will ask me about that. It is (laughs) six to eight per square foot for like, you know, a like more of a business setting. If it's a residential home, it's like $5 per square foot. And give or take, after you calculate everything, it takes them 45 minutes to install it in the home. And it could range from $175 to $250, depending on how many windows you have in your home. So I am open for questions. Would you buy it? Yeah, I would buy it. If I owned a home (laughs) or a car, (laughs) I would buy it. Yeah. Only so that you could throw a sledgehammer through your window. No, so I can save 82%. That 82%, I don't have to turn on my AC if I feel cool already, Avery. (laughs) Can you see if it's on the window? Does it kind of black out or blur the window or anything like that? Can you sort of peel it off? I'm trying to imagine what it looks like. It's like a sealer. So it will, you seal it on and you can see very clearly actually like, if you're seeing from the inside, it, it's not really that big of a filter. You can still see from inside the home. It's a very thin laminate. They don't. It's not really like a shading thing. It's more of like a laminate to cover the home from the UV rays and the sunlight itself. Would you need curtains or blinds with it? Like, could you pair them with 
with Avery's curtains. Yes, you could, because by doing that, that actually raises the percentage. So your home could actually be cooler. So if I'm 82%, she's like, what, 33 or something like that? Over 100. Get a bit of synergy there. Mm. <laughs> Gotta promote synergy. Is the sledgehammer included in the price? <laughs> No, Sledgehammer was not included in the price. But for a serious question, what material is it made out of? From what I found, it's like this um, thin laminate type of um, synthetic. So it's like plastic, I would say. In terms of scaling this up, do you think window companies will just include this laminate in their regular windows? Is this company going to be out of business? Good thing you said that, Amelia. They've been in business for 35 years, close to 40 at this point. And they've done scales of putting it in restaurants and office buildings already. So they have to be doing something right if they've been in business that long with that longevity. Okay, I like it. Any other questions? No, okay. Everyone is (laughs) satisfied with Blake's window laminate. Thank you. Okay, Josh, what have you got for us? So I have the Uller from Sleep Me, formerly Chili Sleep. So this is a mattress pad that can fit any different mattress size that can keep your bed at a steady temperature down to 55 degrees Fahrenheit. The kind of purpose of this is to improve sleep. And this is based on studies that show that your body is more restful, falls asleep faster and stays asleep more effectively at lower temperatures. They actually have three different products. One's uh, called the Doc Pro, and the other's the Cube. The Cube and the Uller use cooling water channel tubes. The Doc Pro has more of a layered effect to cooling. It uses water that's cooled down and keeps the temperature steady. And while it, it is certainly less more energy efficient than an AC unit, it uses about a third of the power of a standard 5,000 BTU air conditioner. Really, it's more about public health. Lack of sleep and sleep deprivation is a major health risk. You know, the CDC has done surveys that show about 35% of adults sleep less than seven hours a night. And the World Health Organization has even shown some connections between lack of sleep and increased risk of cancer. So there's a lot of issues around sleep in a a product like this. As temperatures go up, as temperature, extreme heat temperatures become more of a problem. I know personally, I sleep terribly when it's hot outside, even with an AC unit. I'm always hot. I really have a problem regulating my body temperature and it does affect my sleep. So this is something I'm into. But here's some of the downsides. One, the price point Uh, in terms of scalability. It ranges from about $650 for one of these systems up to $1,500 roughly. So it's pretty expensive and probably not something at this point right now that is going to be an option for for a lot of people. The other question I have is I'm really into this idea of targeted cooling in the way a little bit to what Taleb's product was. My biggest question is, will this be used in lieu of an air conditioner or in addition to? In which case, you're just compounding your problems. And if I'm being honest, for me personally, just because I'm the person who cranks up my AC in my bedroom because I'm always warm, I'm probably going to be cranking the AC and using this product. So I don't know if that's necessarily (laughs) helping the environment any. But I do like this idea of addressing sleep and public health issues through improving how we sleep, how we cool ourselves in bed, and how that affects your productivity as well as your health. This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. 
How do you install it as well? Does someone have to come to sort of plug it into things or you can just buy it and open the box and put it on your bed? Yeah, you can just buy it and open it up. It's a mattress pad that you can get for a full bed. You can get for half a queen, half a king, or you can get it for a full bed. Just goes on top of your mattress, underneath your top sheet. And then it's just like a little cube that can go under your bed or next to your bed that you turn on and and that's it. Just put some water in the reservoir and it's good to go. Is it because of the proximity to you versus an air conditioner that kind of has a direct cooling effect? Yeah. So it's like you're literally laying on top of an air conditioner, essentially, is, is what it sounds like. It's it's In the Uller specifically, there's tubes running throughout the entire mattress topper where it cools down the water and sends it through. It's not like a waterbed in, in direct, but it does have a consistent cooling effect throughout the night that keeps you at a set temperature. Hmm. How long does it last, this mattress? Is it easy to break it? Does it have like a warranty? I believe there is a warranty that they offer when you buy it. I have not bought it yet myself. But I imagine it's as durable as any mattress would be. It goes on top of a mattress. You're laying on it. If you have pets, they have claws and nails. That's something that I worry about with, with something like this that has tubes and water involved in it. That is a concern. Maybe not animal friendly. Okay, thank you, Josh. So we've got Josh with the cooling mattress. Okay, now I am going to pitch to you guys green roofs which I'm obsessed with. I went to go and visit one at the Javits Center the other day. And I think this is a revelation if you can make them. So, okay, when we think about urban heat islands, they're caused by these, you know, dense man-made materials like concrete, metal, glass. Your traditional roof, for example, absorbs about 95% of sunlight. So what if you could transform all the roofs into the city, or even just some of the roofs, into these green roofs? Think of all that roof space that's available just in New York City alone. So the estimates, they say, is about one billion square foot of roof space that's just sitting there. This untapped resource that's just there contributing to New York's urban heat island. So I love the Javits Center one because, firstly, it's really pretty. You go out there and they've actually got a full urban farm on their roof. They've had it for eight years. And it's actually the single biggest green roof on a building in the US. It covers six acres or something like that. So the good things about this, it heats and cools naturally because it's plants. Uh, for the Javits Center, it's reduced their energy consumption by 26%. So that saved them something like $3 million, quite a lot. Then it reduces the rain runoff because the plants will hold the water in the system. And the plants actually reduce the temperature around. So for the Javits Center, again, they've done these studies and they estimate that the green roof reduces the temperature by about six degrees Fahrenheit. Then it's also a good habitat for wildlife. So they've got bees on their roof. They've spotted all kinds of species of birds visiting. And then the plants purify the air. So get rid of some of that New York traffic fumes. Uh, and I had a delicious salad when I went up there and all the ingredients were grown <laughs> on the roof. So I think that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, but OK, some of the downsides as well. You probably need the right climate to do this, you know, if there's no rain at all and all your plants die, or if it's too much rain and it waterlogs it, that's not ideal. Again, high winds maybe will blow away your nice plants that you've grown. And I think you need a professional engineer to help you install this. I, I definitely couldn't do this by myself. And can your roof support it? If you want to have some really ambitious green roof and then your roof collapses, that is obviously not ideal. And it requires you to make 
an initial investment. The prices I found, the sort of average green roof cost in the US is between kind of $70 and $120 per square meter. I mean, obviously that depends what kind of plants you're getting. So can people scale it up? I mean, if they're willing, uh, I think to make a difference, you probably need large areas to get on board with it. But it looks great and a good CO2 absorbing living green layer. Hmm. So not very DIY. No. I mean, this seems like something that's really more like states and cities and counties and hopefully countries like implement as part of an infrastructure plan. How likely politically are we to get this at a wide scale across the country, particularly in temperate zones where I feel like it's probably most effective? Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, it's very multi-use and that's what's great about it. But it also, especially for New York, it seems seasonal compared to the desert areas of the United States or things like that, you know? Yeah. I suppose corporations could make a really big impact of it. It's like, say, if, like, Whole Foods decided that every single location of their store that was going to be retrofitted to have a green roof. Yeah, I would love that. I would shop there. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely increase my likelihood to shop at Whole Foods. I, I mean, I still love a Whole Foods, but... <laughs> Even for that $50 salad. <laughs> yeah, the salad could be grown locally. That'd be ideal. Also, okay... To give an anecdote of the UK, there used to be a lot of thatched cottages around, you know, roofs made from, you know, sort of straw and and that kind of thing. And, you know, apparently it does get quite dusty and you get sort of insects and things like that. So maybe it looks beautiful, but what is the practical reality of the green roof? I mean, I know it's got this nice waterproofing on and presumably these are living plants, not sort of dead grasses yeah just imagining like soil just like dropping down on you as you sleep that would just be terrible (laughs) it's like trickling i mean we're talking about apartment buildings and office buildings right we're not talking about individual homes kind of having a garden on top of the roofs right we're talking about multi-floor kind of buildings yeah you can scale it up or down <laughs> so actually, Talib, Talib, this is a very flexible idea. We could go out and buy a house just for the green roof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to Josh's point, it will take some political will. But I guess the good thing, I mean, this is happening in cities and cities are the places that, I mean, have the political will to do it. But they also are the ones that need it because they have the urban heat islands because everything's concrete and oppressive and, and trapping heat. I mean, this thing is happening. E- even cool pavements, like, you know, a case of painting roofs white. Mm. I mean, how much does it cost to install? Yeah, installation costs definitely vary. I think it depends because sometimes you need an engineer to come. Yeah. So that cost of between 70 and $120 per square meter is quite subjective, you know, depending on, yeah. on what you want. And why is that? Why can't you just go up and like put a potted plant of, you know, basil on your roof if you live in an apartment complex? You could do that. I think it would that probably wouldn't count as a uh, as a green roof. <laughs> <laughs> One potted plant of basil. One potted plant does not constitute a green roof. Avery, is this just a segue for you to boast about your pesto again? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're a good candidate for this green roof, Avery. <laughs> I'm looking into it. I'll get my super on board. Okay, so I think let's go around and see what is everyone's favorite. So if we're doing 
who's going to get kicked out of the balloon, what's staying in, what's getting our theoretical investment that we're not investing in because we're journalists, but... Emotionally investment. Emotion. What are we most emotionally invested in here? Yeah. I can start. I think, personally, if I ha- if I was Mark Cuban and oh. I had, you know, billions of dollars or another very rich person, the green roofs is certainly something that I think could have the biggest impact overall if done. But if I'm talking about just my personal life, uh, I'm most likely to get Avery's curtains. Mm. Interesting. One point for Avery's curtains. I'm going to sort of agree. I mean, on the green roofs part, I mean, it's on a macro level, I think that would be just really, really effective on, on a citywide level. But in a home level, I'm actually going to go with Josh's. I think that um, I kind of, yes, I agree. I agree with, point, um, oh. I agree that you need your sleep. And, um, yeah. uh, and journalists uh, notoriously get great night's sleeps. <laughs> right. But I think that could be a really good alternative to the AC. And actually keeping it local, right? Just heating or cooling yourself in a very local way, maybe mm-hmm. saves yeah. from, you know, heating or cooling your whole room, a much bigger space. Right. Right. Targeted. Okay. One point for Josh's cooling mat. I think all together, if done in moderation, right, because I'm, I'm thinking about Tala's idea and I get concerned about, you know, anything market driven, you know, the idea of just like going out and buying more stuff. It's a nice idea, but then you constantly want more T-shirts that wick. So <laughs> I, I think I would be a little bit hesitant to, to vote for that kind of product. So if you're going to buy something, can we vote for ourselves? Because I kind of want to vote for myself. <laughs> you can vote for yourself. Sure. That is allowed. <laughs> I was making my case. So the idea that, you know, curtains are made out of polyester, which again, is synthetic. It's not very sustainably friendly. But how often are you going to replace your curtains? Ideally, not that often. You can wash them over and over again. For me, I think I would choose that because on an individual basis, like every home, most people have a window, even if they live in an apartment. So... And plus, you can put your family crest on it, Avery. There you go. Uh, Exactly. That's all I care about in the end. We can't overlook some good design innovation. (laughs) Okay, two points for Avery's curtains. The ones that I like the best is like Josh's and Amelia's because sleep's fantastic. And, you know, if I could get multi-use out of my, you know, vegetable garden slash green roof, then I will do that. But if I'm going to vote for one, I'm going to vote for myself. I have to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I compare mines with Avery's. Like, mines is the most complimentary, and I could put it on multiple different surfaces, and it's 82% solar energy rejection. You can't beat wait, that. Wait, whose was cheaper? Mine. The curtains. Mm. Oh, wait. Was it? Yours is like 6 to $8 per... Yeah, 6 to $8 per square. And if it's a home, it's like $5 per square. So to be clear, Blake, you're voting for yourself just because you can. <laughs> Exactly. And for the fact that I, the 82%, I can't just let that go. This is something important. That's good numbers. But you would pair it with mine. Compare it with yours, it'll be uh, over 100. So So that's like half a vote for mine. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to do a deal, Avery, we can combine points and then we go in that front if you want to do that. Like an actual shark. I think we're just making up rules as we go along. I appreciate the fact that Avery is also the only one that owns her product. So she actually has gone for it. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So that's one point for for Blake's window films. Comes down to you, Amelia. Are you going to vote for yourself? So I am going to be controversial. And much as I love green roofs, I'm going to vote for for Blake's window films because uh, okay. there are so many windows. Look at New York City. The whole thing is windows on skyscrapers. And I think that would reduce costs massively, wouldn't it? Filming the windows. 
Absolutely. I think that's great. We have two for Avery's window curtains and two for Blake's window film. So I guess the point is go out and get some window film and and curtains and just is do them both. Is anyone going to be swayed? Josh and Taleb, either of you going to change your vote on this? No, nah, I'm heat? sticking with I'm sticking with the curtains. <laughs> uh, Taleb, we're doing rank choice voting now. So what was your <laughs> oh, number <right>. two? <laughs> I guess I will go with the um, I go with the film because it's novel. Window films. Blake wins. Yes. All right. Claps all around. Thank you. Thank you. Avery, I, I would like to combine shares and then, you know, <laughs> be able to make this whole entire company of both. Like the. We got to come up with a good together. name, though. Yes, we do. It all comes down to the name. Love it. Well, thanks so much, guys. Great ideas. World changing ideas. <laughs> One curtain at a time. <laughs> thanks, Amelia. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. So we have a joint winner, solar filter window films and heat reflecting curtains. Interestingly, some states in the US also give a tax rebate to households that use the window filters. So green home solutions can end up paying for themselves. That's it for this week. We want to hear about the world changing ideas where you are. So leave us a comment and a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll speak to you again next week. Our show is produced by Avery Miles, mixing and sound design by Nicholas Torres. Joshua Christensen is our supervising producer, editorial oversight from deputy editor Kate Davis, and senior VP of entertainment, Scott Mebus. <laughs>